Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. Now we'll have a reading from Marcus, uh, the book of Philemon 4 through 18. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold in order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now, his, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. The word of God for the people of God. Amen, amen. Good to see each and every one of you this morning after a very long week. And as Deacon Lindsay said, big emotions this week, big feelings. And we just pray that God has prepared a word um, that will land not on deaf ears and cause us to react in a positive way. Place this in your mind this morning, Paul the abolitionist, a new kind of relationship a new kind of relationship. As a young man growing up uh, and going to school in a Washington, Wilts, Georgia, a small town slap 
dead center between Athens and Augusta, life was pretty simple. I mean, you could drive through my town within 15 minutes and you'll be on the other side. It's a place where everybody knows your name, if I could steal that quote. But we did learn a lot about life in this small town and how relationships are important. And we learned early on that family was the most important relationship that we had, that family takes care of family or that's how it should be. But there was one problem that we as me and my brothers and my sisters and my cousin would oftentimes run into. Sometimes you just didn't know all of your family. I mean, I had a big family. Huh? I had eight or nine uncles and aunties on both sides. I'm talking about cousins on top of cousins. And sometimes I would find myself in class with someone who I was kin to, but I didn't know it. And as kids do, sometimes we fight. We would argue over the Transformer toys and, and that everybody wanted to play with. We would argue over where to sit, like who, who could claim the beanbag first? Who was going to play the bad guy or the good guy? And sometimes things got really sticky and there would be a baby brawl, a kindergarten boxing match, and the crowds were ready. Who would win the fight? Little Henry versus whomever. But this one time, after this one fight, where I got tired of being, of not being able to enjoy the soft cushion of the beanbag, tired of not being able to play with the toy that everyone wanted, I took a swing at my nemesis and we went at it. The, the, the teacher saw this and then the teacher, the teacher came over and uh, pulled us apart and said, why are you two fighting? Don't you know that that's your cousin? I, I mean, that's your kin folks. And as a little child, you know, I, I had a little slick mouth back then and I said, he ain't no kin to me. And she said, yes, this is your cousin. Your mother and his mother are first cousins. So that make you two second cousins. What a surprise it was for me to find out that the young man I had been fighting with, the one who I had issues with, who I saw in a certain light that was not good, who I saw as useless, was actually family. So then our relationship changed. I mean, we started to claim each other then. I mean, we shared things, we hung out uh, together at PE, at lunch, we started to protect each other. If you picked on me, you were picking on him. I mean, our relationship changed all because we found out that we had a common bond, a history that we shared together as family. A transformation of our relationship had happened. We had a common purpose now created by knowing our connection, instant love, I would call it, like instant grits. But this concept, this concept also runs true when it comes to our story this morning. A connection was being made or presented by Paul that went deeper than just blood. It reigns true in our connections when we begin to uh, foster new ways of thinking, new ways of being, new actions that we that promote uh, togetherness. 
where we come together and create this emotional climate that puts important issues like mass incarceration into the conversation to say that they individual lives matter, that black lives matter, meaning that when black lives matter, all lives matter. That racism has to do with uh, the ideology more so than the skin tone. This more of a connection to be made that bonds us together. So in our story this morning, we find Paul trying to imagine and create a new kind of relationship between two people from different sides of the track, but who had a bond that Paul believed was bigger than the issue between them. He was trying to foster a new system between slave and owner. Paul in the book of Philemon became a abolitionist. Simply put, I heard someone say that an abolitionist is someone who, who looks out upon their time and say no. Paul was saying no, looking out from a jail cell. Paul, Paul said no as his body was in confinement, just like Martin Luther King Jr. and Nelson Mandela. We have to say no from our church walls, from our homes, from our jobs. When we vote, we say no. As we look out upon the time and see the effects of racism and white privilege and white supremacy, we have to say no. Paul and Philemon was trying to rewrite the narrative. He was trying to dissimulate the system. He was trying to transform a system based off a mutual love for Christ, a mutual goal to bring out all of those into a right relationship under God. So we look at this book this morning, this one chapter, these 25 verses. Paul attempts to do something that so many great people have tried to do and are even doing now to make the divide between slave and owner, the privileged and the unprivileged disappear, to even the stakes, to balance the playing field, to make them like family so that we can see the value in each other. And how relevant is that today? We're on just this past week, we saw privilege on full display. We saw the divide in America like never before. Some looked upon it and, 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 and what was happening and they cheered. That's a fact. Some looked at it in disbelief. Some looked at it in shame and said, how can this happen here in America? And then some of us weren't all that surprised at all. This is our America. America is a place where the rules are different because of privilege, skin tone. America, where black lives are treated more harshly by those sworn in to protect their very lives. This is our America. Where a black man who kneels in a peaceful protest is treated more harshly, called everything but the child of God by the same people who cheered on what they saw last week a siege on our democracy. This is our America. And this is why we protest. This is why the fire burned. This is why we marched. So we can, so, so the question is this morning, how can Paul help? What is the message and how can it help us and apply to our lives in these current times? 
with all that's going on already early in 2021, how can this message foster better relationships? So let's listen to Paul this morning, who is in prison again. He seems to do some of his best work from prison. He is confined to a jail cell, but his connection to the people is not wavered. As he receives the news from a young individual, a slave named Onesimus, running from a situation, something has happened, and he runs and tells Paul in prison to be consoled by Paul. And whatever the, the case may be, some think he may have stolen something from his master Philemon. And after some times, after several visits, Onesimus becomes a converted believer. And in the letter, his conversion is noted by Paul as he says, formerly he was useless to you, Philemon. But now he has become useful both to you and me. Useless, Paul says. What an insult. <laughs> Meaning that he was unprofitable. He was needless. He was a waste. So the question would be asked here, how can a relationship be created or, or be meaningful? If someone saw someone as useless, how can love foster if you or I saw someone as needless, as a waste? Sounds familiar? But Paul says now, now he has become useful to both you and me. So Paul writes to Philemon, the slave owner, the leader of the community, the one with privilege. He says, I thank you, Philemon, I, 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 because you are a man that loves God and you love God's people. He's pouring it on right here, guys. He's really pouring it on. You are the reason for the season, Philemon. You make me so happy to be in community with you. And then Paul moves into the reason for the letter. I could write this letter, Paul says, as a command, but, but I know you, Philemon. I know your thing, so I'm not going to do that. But I do pray that, that our partnership, that, that, that your partnership with us in the faith may be affected by deepening your understanding a very good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Paul is pouring it on. But Paul is doing something here to set up his case, to set up the ask. He appeals to the heart. He appeals to their common bond, which is in Christ. And, and this appeal is it's not uncommon. I mean, Martin in his letter from the Birmingham jail and his letter, that which many of us don't, have no the title to is was actually called another letter that he wrote was called the negro is your brother it tempted the same strategy to appeal to the common bond appealing to the white church leaders through love that the negro cause should be your cause where he says injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere an idea that many of people here in america should be making and developing if you want America to be great again or great for the first time. Use your faith so that it may be effective in deepening your understanding in every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. 
Yes, to make Philemon understand, better yet, to make America understand, it takes exactly what Paul and many others have spoken to. It takes building a partnership through love that will bring us together. That's what me and my cousin created when we got an understanding of what we shared and what it meant to us. And then the past fights didn't mean too much. A partnership is what Paul was talking about meaning to have a fellowship. The Greek word here is kolonia, meaning to, to share together, to, to partner with one, to have fellowship. It's how we partner with Christ because Christ's work is our work. And if, if our work is Christ's work, then we say to each other in our partnership that your work is my work. And it's partnership in a way where privilege does not bestow on one side or the other but it's 50-50. We have similar interests, similar goals. We care about what happens in each other's life and, and we fellowship together to better understand one another. And we admit the hurt that we've caused. We don't brush over the past, but we partner together to heal the wrongs. This will make America great when we face our faults then we can build a true partnership. Paul, the abolitionist, rewriting rules and laws, going against the system with a, a direct appeal. Paul goes on to say that I'm sending him back to you and I would love to keep him. He's dear to me, but I'm, I'm going to send him back to you. Not as he was, not as a slave, not as a felon, not as someone you, hate, but not as a man on the run, not as someone useless, which he once was to you, but I'm sending him back to you, not as a slave, but as a beloved brother. How powerful a story this is. In those times, if Onesimus had stolen something and got caught, death would be his punishment. And Philemon would have been well within his right to punish him for that crime. But Paul, the abolitionist, Paul, the protester, Paul, the one who steps into the position of Christ and stands and appeal to the privilege, to the haves, to look out upon the moment and tell someone of power to treat the have-nots, the unprivileged, as you would yourself as if it was me, Paul the abolitionist. I read a quote this week saying that abolition is about presence, not absence. It's about building life-affirming institutions. It's about presence, not absence, building life-affirming institutions. In America, white America, black America, because there are differences. White America, we need you to be present. Building life-affirming institutions. We need black and brown people. We need white America to partner with us. Kornania. Build a bond with us that is based off love and affirm that we matter. That our kids matter. That our neighborhoods matter. Take your privilege and acknowledge it but use it to build bridges. 
to tear down systems that negatively affect us minorities because we can't do it without you. Let all of us do what Paul said. Stop treating each other as we once did. Don't treat me or people like me as a charity case or lesser being, but see me and people don't, don't, don't look at me as someone who is against you. See me as your partner in this fight to survive, to thrive in this life. See me as your equal. Let all of us do what Paul said. Be present in the fight. Don't be quiet when you see or hear words that create divide. Speak up and speak out. Say no to those that look like you who come, who claim to be woke Christians. But in the same light, deny that white supremacy exists, that white privilege isn't real and support system and laws that tear down unity that Christ has required those under the faith to have. A partnership, a partnership is what Christ is calling for. A new way of being, a new way of living together, fighting together, struggling together, sharing in fellowship together. Kononia is required. Let us partner and see each other, both of us guided by our faith. And as Martin told us from jail, we are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality, tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. Anyone who lives inside the United States can never be considered an outsider anywhere within its bounds. And then Martin goes on to tell us that progression takes time. It takes tireless effort of dedicated people of goodwill. Tireless effort of dedicated people of goodwill. If we want to make America great for the first time, this is what it will take. A partnership guided by our faith and a tireless effort from dedicated people of goodwill. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Thank you.